0: Welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Six, and um, before I get going,
1: I'm just going to be obedient to the Lord because uh, I do have a message. But Lord won't let me get away from this. Sorry if I cry because when I can feel the Lord, this is just what happens to me. Any good? And I was praying for a funeral that I was doing on Friday afternoon, and the Lord just right there in my chair, you know that anointed chair, I have a slot, I have a spot, and I have a strategy every morning. I have a slot of time, I have a spot of time, I have a spot where where I'm at. And the Lord showed me these four different punctuations, and I thought it was for the funeral, but as I prayed this morning, the Lord wanted me to share it with somebody here today. Because God knows that somebody is here today, and I believe he's going to reveal himself. But this is what the Lord showed me. He showed me a question mark. He showed me a period, a comma, and an exclamation point. And this, I believe this is for somebody because uh, as I was preparing for this funeral of a 28-year-old, there were some things that I didn't understand about this, and in ministry I don't. And I realized there's a time to be born, and there is a time to die. But there's people in this room today that you're questioning some things. Maybe in your own personal life. I don't know who this person's for, but I'm just going to be obedient to God. But the first symbol that the Lord showed me was a question mark. And I'm leading with, with this because people have questions when they are confronted with death. And this might have been something that happened this year. It might have happened five years ago. It might be very new to you. It might be very old with you. But the reality is that we live in a fallen world. I'm going to say that one more time. The reality is we live in a fallen world, and we ultimately must recognize that a life is full of challenges and that we don't understand everything. And if I was the person that and there's been many times where people have come to me and said, Pastor, why did this happen? if I knew that answer to why, this world would be more messed up than it already is. Coming from a preaching horseshoe with... Some kids and a wife that is not perfect. It would be more imperfect if I knew the answer. But I know this. He has the answer. It can be... uh, I, I would never tell you not to ask questions at a time like this. But people are curious about life, death, and eternity. So this is what I would encourage you to look to God's word. And the wonderful things it teaches us about God's love and his amazing plan for our lives. But... Among the great things the Bible teaches us, he says this statement that's always stuck out to me in 1 Corinthians 13:9. He says, "We know in part and we prophesy in part." Meaning there are some things that you will get in your life and there are some things that you don't you won't ever understand. We don't know everything. But I want to give you some good word this morning. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things that belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. See, sometimes faith means acknowledging that we don't know everything and then moving beyond the question marks. Here's the second thing the Lord showed me was a period. A period marks the end of a sentence. That means that the phrase is complete, it's over, right? But some people look at death that way, that death speaks of finality. Just like a sentence has come to an end with a period, so death puts an end to a person's life. But in a very limited sense, that is true, but only in the sense of a person's life on this earth. See, in terms of ultimate reality, in terms of the big picture, death is not really a termination, but it's a transition. And if you know Jesus, it's a good one. And I'm here to tell you, if that person that went, went to be with the Lord that was saved, I want to tell you, they would not come back for all the tea in China. That's why I like this third symbol better. The third symbol is a comma that the Lord showed me. A comma says that this sentence is not over. There is a slight pause, a bit of a break, but the sentence is not over. There is more to come. Come on, would somebody receive that this morning? I believe somebody needs to. Like you may understand that that person that you lost, lost, their earthly life has ended, comma. But that person will live on for eternity if they know Jesus. For the Christian is not a mere cliche when we say of the departed, they are in a better place. They truly are in a better place. And maybe those who love that so-and-so or that daughter, whoever it was, will miss them deeply, comma. But those who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will see that person again. So this comma means the sentence is not yet finished. Right before Jesus proclaimed that he was the way, the truth, and the life, what did he say in John 14, 1 through 3? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also." So beyond our lives here and beyond the comma, there's another part of the sentence. Jesus really has prepared a place for us. Come on, that's a good word for you today. One final punctual mark, and this is what uh, I love about what the Lord showed me. The fourth and final symbol is an exclamation point. Everybody say exclamation. An exclamation point is something you include when you really want to emphasize something. If you wrote a friend telling them that you had been given $1 million, you would probably not end that sentence with a period, but with an exclamation mark. Would you not? But though the Greek and the New Testament did not utilize punctuation marks, how many of y'all read the Bible through the year, and there's sometimes it's like, that needs a punctuation of an exclamation mark. Like I read in in, in Revelation chapter 22 today, it says, uh, "Oh come, Jesus, come. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. It does not need a period. It needs an exclamation mark. All right? Here's one of them: 2 Corinthians 5 8. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's an exclamation mark. Philippians 1 says, To depart and be with Christ is far better. Come on. That's an exclamation mark. Revelation one eighteen. I am He who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Come on, church. Amen. Amen. That's an exclamation mark. <laughs> because I live, you will live also. Exclamation mark. These can all be read with the exclamation of faith. So this is what I want to leave you with, and I don't know who this is for. I don't. Want, no, I do want to know who is this for right now. I want to see a hand. This is for somebody in this room. The question mark, it's okay to have questions, and it's, not, and it's okay not to know everything, but you can trust God anyway because he is good. I've had lost two things I don't understand, a cousin that should be here with us. I don't get it with three little girls, but I do know this, the enemy is bad, but God is good. The period, death may be the end of the earthly life, but that's not the full picture. There is more to life than our earthly existence. And the comma, death is more of a transition than a termination. There is more to come. And the exclamation point, when our faith is in the Lord, there can be a joyous declaration that life is greater than death and the hope is greater than despair. Amen? Give the Lord a hand one more time this morning. I feel better. I feel way better. Sometimes I just have to do what the Lord says to do. I believe that was for somebody here in this room. If you have your Bible, Bibles, Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm going to start with verse 11. And as you come to this chapter in chapter 30 right here, uh, it's nearing the end of Moses' farewell sermon to the children of Israel. And it's almost like I can see Moses after I've read verses one through, or chapters 1 through 29. It's almost like he takes a pause. It's almost like he takes a sigh, like, and he looks at the congregation in the eye, and he begins to share right from his soul. He's been going on and on, repeating the commandment of the Lord, and now he says God's commandment is not secret. Can I tell you God's commandment is still not a secret? God's commandment is still not mystical. It's not abstract. It's not, it's not hard to reach. It's not in the heavens, but it's very near. How many of y'all know it's here right now? I'm going to say it again. How many of y'all know it's here right now? It's as close as it can be. It's embedded in the hearts and the tip of their tongues. And after 29 chapters of preaching, Moses pauses essentially and says, you know what to do. You know that it's true. Can I tell you, even if you're in here and you don't know Jesus, you know. You may not want to admit it. But deep down, you know, the best way to live is to love God and keep his commandments. That's right. Amen. I'll give you a perfect example of that, of why I know that. When we lived in Puckett, we were about to leave. We had, an, we had some neighbors that were crazy as feral cats. <laughs> like they came and knocked on our door in the middle of the night. I mean, they would get knocked down dragouts. I mean, like UFC stuff. It's really great if you were watching and YouTubing. But in the middle of the night, when they wake you up, it kind of gets old. And I remember when we were leaving the neighborhood, the person across the street that didn't even serve God, didn't know the Lord. He wanted me to stay. And I said, why do you want me to stay? Because he said, I like the way you live. Oh. Amen. I mean, y'all know we ought to be an example Amen. to the people around us on how we live our life. Amen. So I want to talk about choosing our future. But let's read this verse 11. This is for 2024 today this might have been for them thousands of years ago but i believe it's still a word for us today remember deuteronomy chapter 28 he said if you live this life this way you'll be blessed but if you live this other way you'll live cursed how many of y'all know that's still true today if you live by the principles and teaching of the word of god you'll be blessed so it says this command i'm giving you today today everybody say today Is not too difficult for you, and it's not beyond your reach. Hey, hey, (gasps) come on. (laughs) Amen? Amen? It says, it is not kept in heaven so distant that you must ask, who will go up to heaven and bring it down so we can hear it and obey? I love it. It's almost like he's being sarcastic here. It's not kept beyond the sea so far away that you must ask, Who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear it and obey no the message is very close at hand it is on your lips and in your heart so that you can obey it now listen i feel like a dad right now now listen i love it what he's already said there's many of you that have gotten words this year that you're not fulfilling and being obedient to it because you're sitting on your tail, but it's a new year, a new you. It says, now listen, today I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are about to enter and occupy. The land flowing with milk and honey. Now there's an alternative to this if you don't do it. But if your heart, verse 17, but if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long life. You will not live a long, good life in the land you are crossing for the Jordan to occupy. Today I have given you the choice. Everybody say, the choice, is mine. the choice is mine. Say it again, the choice, is mine. the choice is mine. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Dads, it's very important. There's some of you that are sitting in this room today that as you hear this word of the Lord, you can make the choice for your family, whether it lives or dies. And I choose today, with long life, he will satisfy the Bennett family and show it his salvation. Come on, we as dads, we've got to step up to the plate. Don't let the mom carry your spiritual journey in 2024. Men, how about we step up to the plate like the guy did in the video and said, how about we pray about it? How many of y'all know if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about? So it says your descendants might live. That means your kids You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key, everybody say key, Key. to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about this, and I want to tell you guys this. We're actually going to have church again next Sunday. Come on, somebody. Everybody say, the choice choice. is mine. mine. How many of y'all know every day you have a choice? Every single moment of your life, and it's a blessing that we have, but one of the things that you have the choice every day, you can choose, you can actually choose your future. Right? You can't choose what happens, but you can choose how you'll respond, and I want to be talking about choosing my future because we have a power of choice. We have the power of free will. At the beginning of the year, I'll read about uh, Adam and Eve. And in this amazing thing that God gives us that we have the power of choice? Yeah. In fact, in Jeremiah 29, people said this, well, I know this, that God says he has a plan for your life, for a future and a hope. That's God has made that plan for my life. Can I get an Amen. But you have a choice whether or not you'll fulfill the plans that God has for you It doesn't just happen I'm just gonna say that one more time. It doesn't just happen You've got to your steps have got to be ordered of the Lord You can choose this day whom you will serve you can either choose life or you can choose death But he won't force himself on you. You've got to choose it What happens to me in life is not as important as how i respond I want you to go ahead and write that down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write it down. But what happens to me in life is not as important as how I respond. I'll say this. I don't know what's going to happen in 2024, but I can make a decision right now on the 31st of 2023. I'm going to make a decision right now on what's going to follow me. Amen? Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will walk by faith and not by sight. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am more than a conqueror." See, you can't control what comes your way, but you can control how you will respond. And you can make a decision right now. How many of y'all have ever gone through some terrible stuff? Just go ahead and raise your hand. If you don't have your hand raised, you're a liar, we're going to have a service. We're going to have a time after this where you can give your your life to Christ, all right? But how many of y'all know? There's two different people, and those people can go through the very exact same circumstances. One become bitter. One can become better. The other day when Craig Dalton, who got baptized today, we were driving down the road. And I said, where Craig Dalton, I became a Craig Dalton fan. Where you at, Craig? Did you come back? Oh, there he is. Where I became a Craig Dalton fan was when he spoke at his sister's funeral. He honored life and can I tell you he didn't do it bitter he did it better proud of you for that didn't he Lisa you did a good job got a good boy there but can I tell you there's other people that have gone through the same circumstances and I can see nothing but bitter on them can I tell you every single one of us in this room have had a bad shake in something you you can't compare yourself to somebody else because you had not been in their same shoes but I promise you I've been through some things that have been very hard But I'm going to make the choice that it's going to make me better and not bitter. Are you guys awake this morning? Matthew chapter 6. Now I want to go here. So going into the new year, I want to talk about the choice is yours. It says this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. If you know anything about the word of God, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, is all red letter. Jesus is preaching a great message to each and every one of us. We have, it's the Sermon on the Mount, It's the Beatitudes, teachings about the law, teaching about anger, teaching about vows. In the first part of chapter 6, he talks about when you give, when you fast, and when you pray. But at the very end, he says this. This is a word for all of us today. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Can I tell you, America is addicted to worrying. Amen. It's like this is a past, national pastime for everybody. How many of y'all know some people that are gifted at worrying? Go ahead and raise your hand if you know somebody. Keep your hand raised if you're sitting next to them right now. No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. All right. How many of y'all know, like, Already people were worried about stuff, but then we went through COVID and then people went crazy. Like, I I always want to have concern. I always want to be compassionate for people because I know COVID was a bad deal, but I was a terrible COVID person. I was terrible at it. Like now, why why in the world would you call somebody now and tell them you've been sick? But that's one thing that we do now. Hey, I just want to let you know that I tested positive for COVID two days ago. I don't care. I mean, I know some of you are like, oh my gosh, he's heartless. But when in the world, am I going to call Pastor Robert and say, hey, ever since Christmas Day, I've had explosive diarrhea for two days. I just want you to know that. All right? Brandy's been buying the cheap toilet paper. I've got a rash. I need the Charmin back where I have a good clean wipe. No, I'm being serious. Like, I'm trying to be compassionate at the same time. But why in the world... Do we do this now? Amen. I have no earthly idea, but some people still do it. They call up the church. Hey, I just want to let you know we're in church Sunday. And I, I tested positive for COVID. Well, how do you feel? Well, I feel great, but I tested positive. Well, I don't care. Go to work. Just don't tell them you have COVID. <laughs> like, I, I'm not your guy. You know, there's people that are just germaphobes. I am not that guy at all. I'm the guy at the bar that's putting my hand in the peanut jar where everybody in the place, you know they didn't wipe or whatever, have everything on their hands. I don't care. I don't think about that stuff. I wanted peanuts. I'm not thinking about peanuts. nuts. I'm thinking about peanuts and almonds and walnuts. I don't think about that stuff. Brandy does. She freaks out. Oh, my gosh. Your foot was two inches away from my pillow where I sleep at night and breathe in all this stuff. I'm like, I ain't got no toe jam. You're married to me. Come on. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like there is people that worry about stuff that it absolutely makes no sense. Now I'll tell you my makeup, I I was not raising a worry home. I just really wasn't. people call and say, oh my, you know, just like the Jeff Foxworthy thing. Hey, I just want to let you know so-and-so was in a car wreck down there on 51st Street. And the wife's like, what happened? I don't know. He was in a car wreck down on 51st Street. Well, who all was involved? I don't know. He was in a car wreck down on 51st Street. Asking questions and those types of things. I'm telling you, I was not raised in that environment whatsoever. When people are freaking out about stuff, I'm just like, what's the problem? When we we're on a plane, I, I, we we're coming back from Florida and we were in huge turbulence. And I'm like, I trust the pilot. How I many of y'all have ever been? Like this one was wild. Like I'm talking, people are throwing up all over the plane. Noel, he, he filled up two bags. <laughs> you were like, eh. I'm getting eh, from the same person that called and say, hey, I had COVID two days ago, okay? <laughs> and I remember, isn't it amazing how we're trained to worry? We really are. We're trained to worry. We're trained to be fearful. And I remember there was a little kid that was sitting behind us. I'm talking, y'all, like shaking stuff. The, the, you know where they, the department's up there? Like some open. Things are falling into the floors. I mean, it's like boom, 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 boom. Brandy's praying out loud in tongues. I'm like, honey, enjoy the ride. Let's go. You know? And, uh, and so anyways, when we land, the kid sitting behind us, the little kid, this is what tells you we have to learn how to be warriors. Yeah. And the kid behind us, I remember he stands up and he said, dad, you've got to figure out who this pilot is. We got to use him all the time because he made this ride so much more fun than the other guys. <laughs> And most of the people on the plane, you couldn't get a needle in their butt with a 10-pound sledgehammer. I'm telling you, it was, they were wound up tighter than Dick's hat band. But my, my, my whole point is this. I mean, y'all know, even since COVID, it got worse. But we live in a worry, 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 worry world. I mean, we worry. We worry. Sorry, son. I do this, don't I? My kids we get in the car after church, and they all tell me all the things that I do when I'm preaching They beat me up So I can't wait to hear what I hear today, but stay focused squirrel But can I tell you this is a good words for Jesus today because he tells us the opposite do not worry Don't worry How about we go into the new year and not worry how many y'all know? you can make the choice whether or not to worry. Right. So I'm going to read again. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food, drink, or enough clothes to wear. Listen to this. Isn't life more than food? I have to tell myself this. <laughs> and your body more than clothing? And I was thinking about this, and I wrote some notes down and I want to share with you. Does this first mean we shouldn't care at all? what we wear or about investments or monetary matters? No, it doesn't. Because I believe I did a podcast with our son Noel while he was here. And one of the things that he said, I was proud of him. He said this, I'm going to look good. I'm going to be good. And I'm going to do good. How many of y'all know it's important to look good? The meaning here is that we are to take no anxious thought or literally take no worry because the word worry means, in the Greek, it literally means to strangle. And if you're worried about what you're wearing, what you're eating, what you're drinking, about what you have or don't have materially, your personality will be tied in knots and literally strangling you to death. I once read this, and I, read, I shared this with the band before we got started this morning. I read this, that it takes 60 trillion droplets of fog to cover a seven-city block. Listen to this. 60 trillion droplets of fog to cover a seven-city block. Now, 60 trillion droplets or seven-city blocks worth of fog can close up an airport and tie up a city. But listen to this. If you condense those 60 trillion fog droplets, you would end up with only half a glass of water. That's what I said. Wow. And as I was thinking about this, Lord reminded me of this because that's a big, good picture of what worry is all about. You begin with something little. Only half a glass of water. But you start thinking about it and wrestling with it. Wondering how is this going to work out? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And before long, you can't see straight. You get all fogged up. And your your airport starts shutting down. You're not hearing from the Lord. And you're not soaring with the Lord as you once did. Because you're all fogged in. And Jesus said... Don't take any anxious thought whatsoever. Don't let worry strangle, strangle you. Don't end up in a fog. Can I tell you, this is a word for 2024. Yeah. Let's not end up in a fog. Right. Amen. Can I tell you, it's not going to get any better. You're like, Pastor, you're telling us not to worry. I read an article the other day, other day that the ATF is considering letting illegals purchase a gun. Now, how stupid is that? But can I tell you what's happening at the border right now? We shouldn't be worried, but you should be concerned. I mean, already, if they let them have guns, they'll probably let them be on the police department. Next thing you know, they'll let them be a Marine. Give it up for the Marine in the house. Good to see you, Luke. Yeah. But you know what happens if we let them be in law? They'll have no problems taking us over because they don't have our heart. Listen, I'm I'm not here to... Preach any of those types of things I'm just here to tell you in the next year We're going to see some things happening in this earth Wars and rumors of wars and all kinds of crazy stuff That if you don't make the choice today on how you will respond You will be in a fog the whole year And I'm going to make a choice today in 2024 that I'm not going to be in a fog Come on, can we make a decision right now that I'm not going to be in a fog? I'm going to walk with my head held high Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Okay. So verse 26, he said, look at the birds. I love this. Look at the birds. Sometimes you need to just watch some birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? I want to remind you of 1 Peter chapter 5 says we are to cast all our anxieties on him. How? How do we do this? He said, be careful for nothing but in everything. Everybody say everything. everything. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace. Everybody say peace. peace. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, be anxious for nothing but pray about everything. Everybody say everything. everything. Be thankful in all things. That That's the key. Jesus wants us to be a carefree people. Now it goes to verse 27. It says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. There's, there's more people that probably died of COVID in 2020 of worry than they did of the actual disease. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful, beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying what we will eat, what we'll drink, what we'll wear. How many of y'all know styles change all the time? (laughs) Like you walk through the mall and it's like, oh my gosh. Wasn't that back in the 90s? Baggy pants are coming back, the Janko jeans. I mean, they used to have them tight. Lord have mercy. Yet left nothing for the figment of your imagination. But now they're coming back to this baggy stuff. But I want you to think about hippies. There's still hippies in the world. I see them all the time. Their clothes are totally out of fashion. But walking hand in hand, there's a glow about them because... They're smiling. They may not be smiling because of what they're wearing, but because of what they smoke. But here's my point. (laughs) I passed some in Vegas and I thought, man, that's a good looking couple there. And it's not what they were wearing, but what was on their face. My point is don't get all hung up on fads and fashions. Jesus tells us to check out the flowers. Even Solomon couldn't rival their splendor. So now we get to verse 32, and here it is. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Did you hear me? These are the things that dominate the thoughts of an unbeliever. Not a believer. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. But this is where it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Here's the answer and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Seek first the kingdom and everything else will fall in place. Can I tell you I'm a perfect example of that? When you seek first the kingdom of God, all those things will fall into place. Every one of you is proof of this for truly God has provided. We may have spent nights worrying. You may have spent some nights in twenty. 23 worrying about stuff yet. The Lord has been faithful. Even when you've been foolish to worry about it And that's why Jesus told us not to worry about tomorrow Today has enough challenges of its own Just deal with today and above all else seek first the kingdom of God Everybody say the choice Is mine Everybody say the choice Is mine So here's the choice Here's the first one. 2024, I'm going to talk about some things over the next couple of weeks, of choices that we can make. But the first choice that you need to make is first, seek God first. Amen. Come on in everything. How many of y'all know in business you ought to seek God first? Before you watch something on television, you ought to seek God first. Like, would God approve of this? I made a video in our youth group years ago of driving down the road, going through, going, uh, Going through the radio and different things of at the movie theater, how many of y'all would live different if Jesus was in the back seat? Can I tell you Jesus ought to always be in the back seat? Would you talk that way if Jesus was there? Would you look at that if Jesus was there? Would you smoke that if Jesus was there? Would you drink that if Jesus was there? How I many of all know we ought to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? But I got good news for you. You may be feel convicted this morning. I got good news for you. In 2024, you have a blank slate. We don't know what's in store. Can I tell you, it's probably going to be a wild ride. It's an election year. Come on. But the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know what seek means? I looked it up. To crave, run after, go after with all your might. Think about it all the time. How many of y'all have something negative that's on your mind right now and it never leaves your mind all the time? You think about it, you think about it, you think about it, you think about it, you think about it. We had two people that were honest and raised their hand. There's about 65% more in this room. How many of y'all know there are things that we seek out that we shouldn't be seeking? Instead of running after things... What I'm going to do running after those things, I'm going to say, Lord, this year I'm going to seek you first, the kingdom of God. How many of you ever chase something before and when you got it, you're like, "Ah, that's okay. I'm telling you money, you chase after it and you get it, you got a whole lot of list of problems. You may have money with problems. It might be something that you want to achieve or something, some clothing or whatever it is. I'm just here to tell you earthly things pass away, but seek you first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. I don't know who said it, but I remember hearing it in Bible school don't seek God's hand, seek God's face. Because the hand is what provides. Rather than seeking that, let's seek the provider. You know what it says in Numbers chapter 6, and verse 24? It says, May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. The first part of that, the Lord bless you. See, most of the time, we chase the blessing and not the blesser. But if we chase the blesser, we get the blessing. You guys awake this morning? So above all else, above all else, he said, Seek ye first. This signifies order. This signifies order. How many of y'all know we serve a God of decency and an order? It's the first of the year. Starting tomorrow, we're going to seek ye first. Actually, you should start today. Some of y'all are like, it's the end of the year. I'm starting tomorrow. I'm going to act like a buck deer until that happens. No, 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 no. How about you make the choice today? How about you make the choice today? Then I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So it's the first of the year. And so starting tomorrow, I want to invite you with this. I want to invite you. We are going to fast. Some of y'all need to fast. I'm going to just gonna be honest with you. It'd be good for your health to fast. At the first of the year, I was not going to preach on fasting. You've heard me preach on it many times before. But fasting separates us from the world and prayer connects us to God. So we're going to fast and pray. From this Monday to next Sunday, and we'll have a service at the very, at the very end next, next Sunday night. We'll come together. We'll break that fast together. We'll have uh, donuts and ho-hos and all those different stuff. You can eat all that garbage if you want to after the fast. But a fast, what does a fast do? I'll tell you right away when I thought about fast, I wrote this down. Fast means to abstain. It means to say no to some appetite in your life to seek God first. It's a physical response to seek God. So I want to invite each and every one of you in this room. Maybe you're a visitor here. You ought to do it for your own purpose. For the first seven days, we're going to fast. Now, that might look like you fast in technology. I want to encourage you to do that. How many of y'all know, I, I was talking to um, uh, some people at, uh, during Christmas. It's amazing to me how, through social media how much infidelity that has happened in our world. People leaving spouses, going after other people because of social media. Yeah. You know it would be good? It would be good for all of you to take a week off Facebook. Thou saith the Lord. <laughs> a week off Instagram. Come on, there's some of you. You are not getting any better at night sitting in your chair watching TV of garbage and scrolling through your phone liking pictures of people you don't like. Are you guys awake this morning? Yes. You know, what? One of, the, one of the things that I chose to do, I read more books this year than I've ever read before. Rather than wasting my time scrolling through, slipping off into the abyss, I took those times to read more books. Can I tell you I'm better Amen. because of that? Amen. Come on, we live in a world that is addicted. Addicted. I will say it out loud. You are A-D-D-I-C-T-E-D to your phone. How about you fast it for a week? Mine calls all the time or rings all the time. I'm going to answer those. I'm going to answer those things. But how about you just put it away for one week? One week, one week. Can you give God one week? We're also addicted to food. Yesterday we played, we played golf. Pastor Ty said, what are we eating for lunch tomorrow? We're always thinking ahead of food. And while we're eating lunch today, we're going to be thinking about what are we eating for dinner? Also, it's a discipline that you can have in your life to tell your body, no. How many of y'all know we need to live in a time where we discipline ourselves, that we tell our bodies, no. So from the, it it, it, it may look like you just drink water. You may just look like you drink liquids. Maybe it's a Hebrew fast where you just, you don't eat from a lot of time from like six in the morning till six at night. Can I tell you, your body's going to be screaming, I'm so hungry and you ate like a pig all through Christmas all through Christmas you feel like I, I How many of y'all know it would be a good realization how blessed we are with a meal every single day Amen. All right Now this isn't saying you have to do this But i'm telling you what will happen when you disconnect from the world and you connect to god look Out That seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness And all these things will be added unto you. So the first thing we're going to do, we're going to fast. The second thing, we're going to pray. There's people in here that said, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Do you know how to talk? If you know how to talk, you know how to pray. And you can talk to God. I gave you a little nugget a while ago. You need a slot, you need a spot, and you need a strategy. You need a slot of time that you put away. Jesus had a slot of time. Slot, write it down. A slot, a spot, and a strategy. Lord gave me that this morning. A slot, a spot, and a strategy. I'm going to have a slot of time that I'm going to dedicate to the Lord. Mine is in the morning time. Very first thing, that's my slot. I have a spot. I have an anointed chair. Amen. And I have a strategy. You know why you need a strategy? Because when you begin to pray, you have to cast out every devil in hell of where your mind wants to go. Am I the only? You're looking at me judgmental. I'm thinking about things that don't even matter. I'm thinking about a horse's foot and a shoe and all this stuff. I'm telling you, I got to cast all those things out in Jesus' name. I'm going I'm to focus my attention, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to seek you first, the kingdom of God. So I'm going to have a slot, and I'm going to have a spot, and I'm going to have a strategy. And in my strategy, I'm going to get rid of distractions and all these things, and I'm going to seek the Lord. Come on. You guys awake this morning. So first thing, we're going to fast. Number two, we're going to pray. Number three, we're going to read God's Word. So first of the year. Tomorrow starts a new day, right? A new year. And I want to encourage you, you can take 15 minutes out of your day every single morning. They have plans. If you don't know what they are, you call the church. We'll help you get a plan. All right? I'll share one on social media before I shut it all down of a plan that you need to, in fact, uh, Pastor Shannon sent something out this morning in a text. I knew where he was going with this because I was reading the same thing. We read the Bible through in a year. How many of y'all know you need a strategy? And if that's not it, it's something else. The important thing is you get in the Word of God because you, listen, you can't walk in the fullness of what God has in store for you without faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. It doesn't come by an inspirational song that you heard the pastor sing a while ago. It doesn't come from the times that you have goosebumps inside of a room. Faith only comes by hearing the Word of God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. You guys awake? That's a whole different message for a different day. Come on, we need the Word of God in us. The last thing is this. We're going to pray corporately. And on Tuesday, we're going to start on Tuesday. New Year's is on Monday. On Tuesday, we're going to start at 7 a.m. We're going to be open right here for business. Can you give God one week? One week. At 7 a.m., I realize some of you can't do that, but there's some of you you can. Now, you're going to have to work extra hard to do it, but we're going to pray corporately at 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then Sunday night, we're going to come together, pray corporately. At the first, first of the first of the month, we always do that, pray corporately. And I'm telling you, this is what we're going to do. We're going to seek ye first the kingdom of God. You know why? Because there's a heaviness on me a concern y'all get ready you better buckle up for 2024 i'm coming to a close you better buckle up because i'm telling you right now i'm not saying this in faith i'm not saying what i know naturally but i feel supernaturally you've got to make a choice today choice right now matthew 24 is about to even get bigger It's about to get bigger. Right now. You better make the choice. Listen, going into the next year, I'm going to seek ye first the kingdom of God. Am I worried? No, I'm not. (laughs) Because when I seek ye first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto me.
0: Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app,